I think people who learn to work with it, you know, with this kind of intensity, that's what, that's what actually generates passion in us. So passion isn't something that you happen to find. I think passion is when you're intensely engaging the work and really giving your best in it in a way that other people need the most. Hey, this is Sharif here with another episode of The Golden Hour, joined by Dr. Kevin Majors. Kevin, good to be back with you. Hey, Sharif. Nice to be here again. Well, Kevin, I think we'll have a great episode today. Uh, it's on a big picture topic, which I love. You know, I think it'll be very deep and philosophical, uh, but also very practical. So I'm excited for it. Um, I want to talk about career and what career means and job and fulfillment. Uh, and this was mainly sparked by a question from one of our listeners, someone who uses Optimal Work. Uh, so maybe I can just go ahead and read that and we can dig into a little bit. Great. Here it goes. I recently heard someone say that nowadays people, and especially younger people, have great expectations for their careers. They want to be satisfied and fulfilled to use all their talents and do something they actually enjoy doing. Whereas in older days, people worked to sustain their families and did not wonder whether or not they felt fulfilled in their work. Apart from this being a generalization, the statement made me think, what would you say to someone who does not like their job, the content of what they are doing, while still doing everything they can to work at their best to serve others? Is there such a thing as a perfect job that will fit you like a glove, or should you try and find the positive sides of your situation and accept not being fulfilled? So uh, maybe I think first just to kind of, maybe we could just dive into this, like explain a little bit more this dynamic and, and talk about it. I mean, is this, you work a lot with students and with professionals. Is this something that you see a lot of people thinking about um, that when they, when they, when you start working with them, especially they're thinking about how can I be fulfilled in my career? How can I find the right job for me? Maybe even college students, what should I major in? How can I find the right subject for me? Um, so this does seem to be a, a real thing that people think a lot about now. Yeah, I hear career talked about the most in two moments. One is when people are at the beginning. And so they're wondering, what should I be studying? And how do I know like, that I'm going to be good at something? How do I know that I'll enjoy doing it? And then the other time is uh, when people are needing to make sacrifices. And it's like more in the middle of life often, where they're struggling with what do I put first, my career or my preference for where I live or my, you know, or the time I have available for my family, you know, or do I take time off from my career? You know, it's just when it starts to, people think, you know, then more about the career is something that they're at risk of losing, you know, then so I tend to see people discuss career when they're fraught with anxiety about it. So I suppose that there are plenty of people out there who might commonly think about their career as a warm and comforting concept, maybe. <laughs> I just don't see that. The, it, I tend to you know, see it when people are struggling with it. And then you kind of start to wonder, like, what is this thing that they're calling career? Yeah. I I wonder if one of the causes for anxiety is that people put too much hope in it in a way. Uh, I would 
last week spoke to a group of college students. And one of the questions that they asked them was, you know, what does it look like for you to have a fulfilling life? What do you think about that? That will look like. And a lot of their answers revolved around success, career success, achievement, doing rewarding work, doing fulfilling work. Um, it was like that they had placed their hopes for happiness in the kind of work that they were doing or that they would achieve the some level of success. Uh, so, uh, and, you know, at Optum Work, obviously, we see work as very important, as central to a person's life. Um, but I wonder if there's a little bit of a, a dynamic of putting, in a way, misplaced hopes in, in work or career. I, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah. And isn't it kind of built into the idea of career that people think of it as something like, it's something, a goal that they have? that they want to have this kind of career or they don't want to lose this kind of career. But most of the time, is there something aspirational about thinking about careers? And then oftentimes, when they're, when you put it in the context of a career, it seems like the person treats themselves as an isolated unit. And they think of their relationship to their work as being on the receiving end of fulfillment. That I'm just going to go to work, I'm going to be so fulfilled by all that I get from this job. And so that kind of, um, it's like the, the monad being fulfilled from outside of itself. <laughs> That's kind of what people, I, I think, have this idea of what the perfect career would do for them. You know, it, uh, and they, it's just if, like, if you could imagine um, the, say, I, you know, the head of a family starts to get worried about his or her career. Doesn't that just putting it in terms of career seem to like separate it from the whole web of reality? You know, it's like, well, I have to think about what's best for my career, not just what's best for you. Know, it just seems like it, it turns it into competition. And I think real fulfillment doesn't come by being a monad on the receiving end. There's something always dyadic and you're giving and receiving and you're, you're like, it's enriching. And the, the more you give, the more you receive. And all really rich things in life are like that. I just want to say that, that that's like one concern I have about career talk is that it does seem to be very individualistic. Uh-huh. So it almost turns the world of work into a zero-sum game where it's, I want to get ahead. I want to get this spot that, so it's kind of competitive and if other people are gaining, you're losing. If you're gaining, other people are losing. Yeah. And it kind of, so I can see also, it, it almost turns the person into, uh, yeah, a competitor, um, but also like a consumer. As if going to work and getting, you know, is just, you're like, you're just, it's just like, it's like a kind of entertainment as if the, as if the job should be entertaining. So, all of this stuff about like then discerning, like what's the best career for me? It's like, you know, what's the best fantasy life I could imagine myself living? And it seems like that you have to start with, I think, an entirely different question, which is what's the very best work I can do right now? And how do I build the bonds that are in my life? I think all real career growth doesn't happen in, in a fantasy level. I think it happens in like looking at really the work you have now right in front of you. 
like how does this call forth your best? You know, and the bonds you have right now, how do they call forth your best? So how are you really giving your best in these things? Because I think there's a logic of growth that's a virtuous cycle that you will start to gain then in enjoyment and in mastery and, and finding it more meaningful. So it seems like a job that you have really embraced, you can develop a virtuous cycle within that job. And you just get better and better at doing it, and it again becomes more meaningful. And over time, it really becomes part of part of who you are. So, so I think there is this element of a virtuous cycle. Now, Rashad and I recently you know, had a conversation about strengths, you know, and the six geniuses. And I do think that there is something to the kind of work that you do. Uh, that there's going to be certain kinds of work that you do just tend to find energizing. You know, and that there's probably, you know, it might just be that is you, you've built up the skill of learning how to do that work well. And so really you're just in a different point in a virtuous cycle and you're a little further along in, in one area. That's probably, I think, the most likely reason that you just built up a skill for this kind of work. So you're really good at galvanizing others or you're really good at tenacity and finishing things. Or, but even, so even then, that doesn't distinguish jobs because almost every company needs people doing all of those six things. Every career choice involves all of those six things. So just to say for people who have listened to the other one, I don't think finding what you really, what, you know, part of a project you really are best at right now will tell you exactly the kind of career that you should have. Yeah. So, um, at, so at the same time, I, um, you, you, you would, I think find people who, um, maybe aren't living out their full potential in their work or actually maybe a better way to phrase this is, is, is there such a thing as work that cannot bring out your full potential? Cause you, uh, you just made the point that you should be more concerned about how you can, um, give your best in the work as opposed to expecting something from the work. Could it be that someone finds themselves in a role or a job or a field that just somehow cannot bring out their best or is all work really capable of that? If, if, I were to, if you were to think of what would be the prototype of a job that doesn't seem to bring out people's best, and I really, now I, I'm gonna offer an example and apologies to anyone in this line of work, you know, but people who work at an RMV or a DMV, some kind of you know, like the motor vehicles where you get your license renewed, that I think is just a common experience that people have that um, these kind of public sector uh, government employees who have no real accountability to the clients or the customers, you know, that often you see it doesn't bring out the best in people. So if you take your typical person and working at, at one of these places and think, how would this person find their life more meaningful? How could they see more meaning in it? What's the real path of meaning in the job that they have at the RMV? I don't think it's thinking about their career. Like if they were to sacrifice everything for their career in the RMV, we would think that somehow that doesn't, like, why would you do that? <laughs> it, it's, a, it's good work. People need to do it. But you could imagine someone who has found a way to make that work deeply meaningful. You know, someone who really connects with the people and enjoys meeting people of all walks of life. Because you really, at an RV, you meet everyone. And, and they enjoy practicing connecting with different types of people. 
and seeing how to like get a friendly conversation going, how to learn some, have these like, uh, you know, micro moments of connection as uh, someone once, uh, uh, you know, called it, uh, they, they, but they, they foster that. I think that person would find that they're practicing being cheerful, being patient, being understanding, being, uh, thoughtful, considerate, all these beautiful qualities. And they could see that this work actually is part of a very fulfilling life. And, you know, they could, they could be part of a community where they feel connected to now they know so many people in the community in some way. And maybe even over time, they recognize people at the restaurant or they recognize in other places. I think that actually you could see that this is a job that could actually become deeply meaningful if the people really learned to ask, how can, it give, how can I bring my best to this line of work? So I think this gets into this idea of like, is, is passion something that you have in potential within yourself? And then when you find the right job, it's like the, the, the key finding the keyhole and it just clicks. Or is passion something else? You know, and I think that that passion really is more about how intensely you're able to engage the, the the task at hand, so that you really are giving your whole self, your whole heart in that task, in that work. So the idea of finding what you're passionate about, you would say that that's that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't think it makes sense at all. I think it's like finding people you're passionate about. Do you did you know do people get married because they happen to just like walk by and find someone they're passionate about? Yeah, yeah. I don't think so. I don't. It seems to me that you you learn that that um, in people the bond that they share is a kind of virtuous cycle, you know, where it gets easier and easier to share attention with each other, you know, and it gets more enjoyable to share attention with each other, and it gets more meaningful and deep to share attention with each other, you know, and so. What we experience in our relationships with others are just a virtuous cycle that's been mutual. But that's exactly what happens in our work too. That as your job becomes the setting for these virtuous cycles, and you start finding like that in fact you are enjoying giving yourself in this way, and you're enjoying this particular way of stretching yourself and being stretched. And then that virtuous cycle that develops is a lot like a bond with your work that develops. And I think that I think you can form friendships and bonds with anyone, and I think you can come to actually find any kind of any kind of good, honest work meaningful. You know, not to say that you have to do that your whole life, or that's wrong to switch, you know, jobs. And I think that 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 that's fine too. But it can even then it's usually the development of an, of a virtuous cycle that you have gotten so good you love solving this type of problem. And you become so good at solving this type of problem that you find that there's another job where you'd be paid better and you'd be more able to do that kind of thing. That's the way I think a healthy career develops through a path of virtuous cycles. But really, each of those got started by intensely engaging the work you had at hand to see how it can bring out your best. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's great to bring up the topic of, of bonds because... I think it's really interesting to discuss in the context of work that um, it, some jobs or careers, some jobs, you know, give you a better opportunity to develop bonds with clients or customers or your coworkers, whereas other jobs 
you're more on your own, whether it's doing a kind of manual work or doing, you know, in, independent intellectual work. Um, d- how would you, would you give any pe- people any guidance, um, for pursuing one path or the other or any criteria? I mean, what one kind of common piece of advice you might get is, oh, well, if you're introverted, you know, do the independent work. And if you're extroverted, do the more, uh, the work with clients or customers or teamwork or collaborative work or something like that. Um, how do you see, and now seeing that the goal of work is actually fostering bonds, but, uh, you know, also bonds with family, supporting your family. Um, so yeah, I just interested to get your thoughts on independent work versus work with others in the context of a job and a career. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good question. I think students, uh, are often wondering that kind of question. You know, so the career that I go into, how, you know, the, what's the, what's the path? Like how, um, you can ask then for a student, say in university, is it helpful for them to be thinking about this distinction? Like extroverts should seek a certain kind of career path and introverts another kind. I'd be very hard pressed to see where that actually holds up because you could be a computer programmer running a team and now you have all these people reporting to you and you need to have bonds with them. And if you were like, hey, I just got into this to work solo, that that seems like it would put, uh, you know, it, that that, uh, I mean, maybe you can gravitate towards, you know, work like that. But then it could be that you just have such an expertise that you've developed and you love solving a particular kind of problem, you know, that you, and that tends to be done more solo. Okay, well then fine. I think that that's, I think that will develop within a job or within a, a career path. I'm not sure it's why you choose a career path. I think about people going into medicine. Well, there's all types, you know, of different types of position within medicine. And I even think within a given, even if, you know, like you were in a given, like, like you're a lawyer, even then, even as a, if you become a partner in a law firm, even then there's still totally different types of jobs you can end up having. So I do think it's important that like people are able through the, the development of these virtuous cycles that jobs allow enough flexibility so that people can craft their own work and they, they can be having a say and that there are people who are managing them who can see, oh, wow, this person really has a talent in this area that they've developed. So I think, I think that, that, you know, that's great, but whether or not that can really guide you on the entrance level of a field, I'm not really sure that that would do that, but that would work. It's just fantasy. Right. I also think a lot of these uh, positions are actually more flexible, like even an individual contributor type role. You have all these opportunities to form bonds with your co- your colleagues. And some people don't do that. And I think it's a big mistake. That, But the more you actually reach out to the other people you're working with who are maybe ahead of you, they can become a mentor. Um, you can learn a lot from those people. So, Or you can help the people who are kind of coming up. Uh, so I think you know, even in the same role, some person, some people might see it as an individual contributor type role, whereas other people can turn it into a more team, team oriented role, collaborative role. And I think there's no evidence that I've ever seen that that kind of preference is stable. It can just be that when people are first making these decisions, they're in college and the solo work was them studying by themselves. And then the group work was like working on group projects. 
which is its own kind of hell. So like I, many people would think, I just don't want to do this kind of collaborative group stuff because there's all wasted time until 2 a.m. So you just, I don't think that people, it's not like you, life gives you the perfect way of, of um, practicing every different setting. And I think that if people are really focused not on assessing the job in terms of some kind of model and rules, but instead just living it, and how, what does it look like to do this as well as I can? And so that really brings out the best in me. That second path will always bring people more and more to work that they do find fulfilling. That in, the, the, one of the dangers with thinking about career is that it's just an outcome you know, that they're aiming for. And it's like this thing that they're, oh, it's like, it's like when people think about some, I think their family, you know, people who are, who are, um, you know, say getting married, they might dream of like one day having a family and all these kids who just give them their undivided attention and unconditional love. And they, ah, that's what I want. That's the family. It's like the ideal family. (laughs) Well, that's not, I mean, if you are like, if that's the outcome you want is to have these, these moments of just, you know, where you're awash with unconditional love in your family life, then you're going to find it very disappointing. You always set yourself up for disappointment. When you, and it's the same with the career. It's the ideal job for me. I'm just on the receiving end of all of this wonder. I think that's setting yourself up for great disappointment. Yeah. So, uh, okay. I want to get to that. I just have a quick follow-up on a previous question first, um, if that's okay. So uh, one thinker on on work that I really like is Peter Drucker, and he advises people to ask the question, uh, what can I contribute as kind of a central guiding question for how they should think about the work that they should do within their organization or the role they should take on later. Um, so I'm kind of interested to get your thoughts as, as related to what you just mentioned. Uh, so what can I contribute might be different from, you know, what's going to fulfill me, which is they're both kind of seeking an, an outcome in one sense. In one, it's the outcome that you can contribute. In the other, it's the outcome that you get, the fulfillment that you get. But both are contrasted a little bit from uh, what ideals uh, can I strive for through this work? Uh, so I'm I'm wondering I wanting to get your thoughts on that question. What can I contribute as like a guiding question for people in discerning their role? Yeah, I really like that question uh, because it focuses you on how can I now work at my best. Like, what can I contribute? Is asking like what can like what would it look like for me to be contributing the most? Which gets down to the level of an hour of work. And I think that all real wisdom when it comes to work has to, it's proven at the hour by hour level so that your approach to an hour of work then gets extended to days, weeks, and life. You know, but it has to be true at the hour level. So if you're really asking like, what can I contribute most in this next hour of work? I think that would be a wonderful way of getting a a reframe that is powerful. Like, okay, the obstacle here is no obstacle to me contributing. It's actually probably what I need to contribute is how to engage this obstacle better. And so, so you know that there, so the problems that come up in our work are precisely where our contribution is needed, 
This also gets the question like, what do people need the most? You know, that that I can give them. But that also, at the level of an hour of work, is the perfect motive. It's like it's the same idea of what can I contribute? What do people need from me the most right now? So that I can really be serving them the most in this next hour of work. That is focusing on the process, the how and the why of your work. And that will ensure the best what. You will actually do, I think, the best work by focusing on that. But also it shows that, that, that real enthusiasm doesn't come from what you're doing. It comes from how and why you're doing it. And if you can get enthused about the task at hand and doing it at your very best and giving people your best, I think that you will eventually move into the jobs where you can do that in a more and more unobstructed way. I think that you will be on your path. I think people who learn to work with it, you know, with this kind of intensity, that's, that's what actually generates passion in us. So passion isn't something that you happen to find. I think passion is when you're intensely engaging the work and really giving your best in it in a way that other people need the most. So there's this kind of matching uh, that, uh, that, that happens between what you can give and then what others are willing, what they need and what they're willing to pay you to do. Yeah. Kevin, that's fantastic. Um, I think you answered that question and a couple more that I had. Uh, so I, I think that's a great place to wrap up. We're basically out of time now. So I don't know if you have any final thoughts you want to leave us with. Maybe just this idea that uh, when, you, when you're thinking about uh, the, like the ideal kind of uh, career for yourself, you know, and we're talking about the danger then of thinking of it as an outcome. Like it's something that you happen to attain. Just to think how different that is than thinking of ideals in themselves. So ideals in themselves, that you be of great service, that you do this in a thoughtful and caring and you know, attentive, whatever. You know, think of those, those beautiful qualities. There you see that the more you are trying to live them and instantiate them in your work, the more you're Bring, you're letting each hour of work bring out these qualities in you by how intensely you're engaging this work. You see that they're unattainable, and that makes them more profoundly motivating because you see that they're deep. Very different than when you talk about the ideal job or the ideal career. That, as you start to think about it, starts to feel unattainable, but in a very different way. Then it's like you're just looking at all that's lacking in it, and rather than you actively calling forth your, you know, it actively calling forth your best, instead, there's a sense of there of frustration. So I think there's this, you know, the, whatever you say, the ideal X for me, the ideal job, the ideal car, the ideal spouse, ideal child. When you apply it to these concrete things. Then you start to, you know, to see the yawning gap between reality and the ideal, and it can be frustrating because it's not in your control. But when you're focusing on actual ideals, it is in your control. You can actually strive toward it right now, and I think that's where it's so profoundly moving. So on the one hand, it's the ideal X, or or maybe the idol X, and the other, it's the real ideal that's deeply motivating. Great. Well, Kevin, I think that's a very deep and practical insight for us to end on. All right, Sharif, thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Kevin. All right, we'll be back next week. 
Well, thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to check out OptumWork.com for a set of online tools to help you engage challenge in your life. See you next week.